0: We're going to go to the book of Titus, chapter 2, and verse 11 from the book of Titus. And don't forget when I ask the next time what chapter that is, you got it Matthew 21, right? You got that this time, right? All right, right going to ask you again. Now, it's not just a coincidence because I have not said anything to my daughter. Cassandra Renee Hayes. Of course she gives me a list of what she's going to minister on, but I didn't say anything. I came out yesterday and the praises were rehearsing and they were rehearsing Hosanna. I didn't say a word because I didn't know my message. This morning about three o'clock, I know it's supposed to be next week, right? Uh huh. See, the Lord changed her message, for it could be this morning. See, God is just an awesome God. Don't forget that, cause we're gonna be doing that again. See, this is this is the Sunday that He came riding to Jerusalem. Everybody been looking for Him. He comes riding in on a donkey. And they don't realize the King is coming. <laughs> they even know who he was, and it's amazing there are people that they still don't know who he is. Now, in the Book of Titus, chapter two and verse eleven, you ought to be there by now. Titus, chapter two and verse eleven. We're going to start reading right there. Going to come with this camera. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Say that with me. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath, that hath appeared unto all men. Now, we're going to go look at this because this morning, this is what I, I have. My wife will tell you, uh, I was this morning, she looked at me this morning, about three o'clock this morning or so, and says, You still awake? Why are you still awake? Laying flat on my back. Can't go to sleep. Now I went to bed last night, 7 o'clock. I was up here all day yesterday. Probably at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Something like that, four something. Brother Yan said, you know, you you left me. I left left you here, you left me. Something like we left together somewhere. This morning, I heard God say to minister on the grace of God. Because I want the people in this church and, the, and our television audience, of course, all those going to hear this message next week, next month, next year, on the grace of God. And I want you to understand what you have. I want you to understand what you have. And I want you to understand when God say the grace of God is on me. You got to know what he's talking about. So I'm going to give you some definitions today. On the grace of God. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you now for your word, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, your grace, your mercy, your love, your faith, your faithfulness. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Teach us, lead us, guide us, help us to understand your new covenant that you gave us through your own blood, your own son. We praise you for it now. Somebody get a Lord another. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Now, Titus 2.11, we're going to just use that verse for now. Titus 2.11. The grace of God has appeared on all men. So we're going to go and show you what it means to say the grace of God hath passed him, appeared. So to say that the grace of God has appeared... We're going we're to give you the grace of God, but we're going to give you a probably about five different ways the Bible tell you about the grace of God. First, Christ is the grace of God. This is if you keep in, met- keep in notes. Number one, Christ is the grace of God. Now, my teaching today is coming under our series. The first tape in this series was called Meeting the I Am. There wasn't a series, it was the first tape. How many know the series? The That's right, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So you got to understand how to keep up. The revelation of Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. I'm giving you the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, people don't understand when you are in the new covenant, Christ has been revealed. And I'm going to give you five different ways, at least, how to know the revelation of Jesus Christ. But sure, so I'm showing you the grace of God is my message for today. Number one, under this teaching, I'm showing you the grace of God is Christ is the grace of God. And I'm going to give you a few scriptures to go with that. Just a moment. But let's go, let's go into this first of all and show you, and show you some of the things that I'm going to be going with. When I say Christ is the grace of God, uh, let me take you there. Go, go to John 1.14. What do I mean Say when I say Christ is the grace of God? In, in John 1.14, because he said the grace of God has appeared. So we know who appeared. Christ appeared. But we know God appeared. But I'm going to show you different words that the Bible uses so you would know from now on that's the grace of God. And you're going to know when the grace of God is on your life. You're going to know what to expect. All right. The Gospel, John chapter 1 and verse 14. Now this is John's Gospel because remember, I'm going to show you in the book of Revelation where John knew this. And... uh. Somebody can find that for me already because I'm going there in the Gospel of John. What John said, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Uh, The Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse 14. The Gospel of John, chapter 1 and verse ten. It said, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word. Remember, Christ is the grace of God. He said the grace of God appeared. So we know it had to be God appeared to man but man didn't know that was God. So God put on flesh to come talk to man. See, man always wanted to talk to God. That's what the book of Job is about. See, you got to understand what the book of Job was about. The book of Job was about God, man wanting to talk to God. So when God came down to talk to him, talk to Job, he used it as Job. He said, gird up yourself like a man. So you have to understand what was going on there. God came to talk to man, and then he's going to ask him, Where were you? And he's going to tell him all the things that he'd done. And because Job had a, a human reason to talk to God, he had lost everything he had. Even the devil himself was given a door in Job's life. But God found out that Job was still his man. He didn't realize what he would, he didn't care what he was going to go through. He was not going to turn on God. Job also was an Old Testament type of Christ. There's all the suffering that Christ will go through in life. Job was that type of Christ in the Old Testament, a type of Christ suffering with all the balls and the things on him. But he would not question God. Okay, we'll go there next. I'm talking about in the book of Revelation, John says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. He failed. Chapter one. All right, now, we're in the gospel, John, now, chapter 1. The word, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, remember, this, this was the John. Remember, this is St. John who wrote you the Revelation, the book of Revelation, or the Revelation of Jesus Christ with no S on it. So the whole book of Revelation is just to reveal to us Jesus Christ. It was not about all this other stuff and all the thing that he defeated. All the thing that he destroyed, defeated, it was so you could see the revelation of Jesus Christ. See, all that other stuff was to keep you from seeing. Now I'm going to show you four people. And I'm going to show you that God had an intimate time with them. Otherwise, he touched them. Revelation, I heard that. Yeah, 117. We we'll go to that moment. Okay, now. The, he was full of grace. It said Christ, Christ came, came. God came. God came. God came. Full of grace, full of grace. and truth. Amen. All right. Now, we know that this is the Holy Spirit because we know that's what it is. He's full of the word. He's full of the spirit. All right. That's what he brought. That's what he brought to us. All right. So let's, let's, uh, uh verse 17 while we're there. Let's do that one. We are John 1 17. For the law was given by Moses. Now when the Bible said the law was given by Moses, we know Moses didn't write, Moses did not write the law. But also, God wrote the law, but he gave it to Moses, and Moses gave it to the people. Moses was a mediator of the Old Covenant. All right. So in John 1, 17, and the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So he's telling you what he brought you. He was full of grace and full of truth. So when I read to you Hosanna, he was going to the cross the very next week because that was the Passover. See, so that's why you must understand that all of the feast days that Israel celebrated, one man fulfilled them. See, you don't have feast days no more. See people wants to hold on to feast days. It's not the feast days. The feast days was talking about him. So since we got him, I don't need the feast days. See, if you ever understand what the Old Testament were, they were types and shadows. They were only Old Testament types and shadows, natural thing where God was teaching us about Christ. See, they could not see him. He was not revealed to them. So he had to give them types and shadows of what was to come. So when Christ came and rose from the dead, now he is the embodiment of all the feasts of all the celebration that Israel celebrated. And now people want to hold on to the Old Testament types and shadows because it make make it seem like they're having church. God never intended for us to have church. His purpose is to be the church. And you got to look in the mirror one day and say, Am I looking at the church? Because only you know. If you're looking at the church in the mirror, you should see the kingdom. Because that's where God is. When you look in the mirror, you ought to see the very temple of God. You ought to say, this is where God lives right here. See, we think we come here to see God. No, you come here to bring God. You're bringing God here for somebody else to see God. So if if God is not in you, nobody see it. So that's why people in the church, somebody ought to have God in them. Excuse my English, God in them. So if somebody come in here and don't know God, they ought to be able to say, man, God's in that person. And you don't have to do anything but live right. The Bible called it live holy. All right, so let's go to work. Got a lot of work for you. Got a lot of work for you today. Now, let's go to uh, let's go to Revelation. I said that Revelation one, right? Now I'm gonna give. I'm giving you Christ as the grace of God. So if I happen to say one, that's another one. I'm just gonna have to tell you what it is. But I'm gonna give you probably about five or six today. So Revelation chapter number one, we're going to start reading with verse one first. Because that is our series on the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what the first verse says. We are talking about the grace of God. Same series, the grace of God. How many know what I talked about last week? I'm going to wait till you check your notes out. I know, I know you haven't watched two podcasts. You haven't watched two podcasts It might say, oh, I know what this." I don't understand nothing y'all say. All right, I gave you 1 Corinthians 15, 24, right? See, you got to understand, Jesus came to deliver up the kingdom to God, not the kingdom of God. He came to deliver up the kingdom God. To God. And you got people today don't think Christ has come because when he came, guess what he did? He came in his kingdom. You shall see the Son of Man coming. Man, let me show you that. That just good stuff. We'll go to that next. We'll go there next. Let me make sure I tell you what verse it is. So, Matthew 25 64, or something like that. So I'm not find that for me. Uh, he was in court and they asked him, and they said, he told, the, told them people, because they was telling him that he, he was, they was questioning who he was. So it said, and you shall see. No, that, that's chapter 26, 64. Okay, I just want to make sure. Matthew 26, 64, we go there next. Look at Revelation chapter 1, that's where we're at right now. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. Okay. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to John, to show unto his servant John, things which must shortly come to pass. Now, you already know that came in you know, on 2,000 years, so we, we already got that straight, right? Oh, God, I see. Let me come over. Let me come to the camera. See, that was your time. See, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show unto his servant, things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bare record, watch this, of the Word of God. He bare record of the Word of God, because that's who Jesus is now. And the testimony of Jesus Christ. And all things he saw. All things that he saw. Blessed he that readeth. And they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, watch this, for the time is at hand, 2,000 years ago. Now, what I wanted to show you was in verse number 17. As a matter of fact, let's bag up the verse 16. Is that what you said, why the first time? Did you say 116? Okay, but it is 116, Revelation 116. I right, know Cassandra said 117. I'm going to do that too. Here we go. And he had in his right hand, this is what he said. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two edged sword. His countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. Now, what you have to understand is this He is showing you the revealed word. He's showing you Jesus Christ revealed. See, Old Testament, he was concealed. New Testament, he is revealed. So you have to, see, when you're saying you want to meet him, then you got to really appreciate Moses because he was in the mountain, watch this, 40 days and 40 nights. That's an awesome thing. And God gave him Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy. Is that something Leviticus? No. He gave him five books of the Bible. Could you have stayed up there alone? (laughs) Revelation one and verse seventeen. And watch what John says. And when I saw him, now remember, this is who John saw. I fell at his feet as dead. Now remember. You got to know, you got you to gotta read and see what John saw. He, he saw him revealed. And I saw him and I felt his feet as dead. He laid his right hand on me saying, fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. So he let John know, you don't have no more, nothing to worry about. I'll be the man. Now, he revealed himself to John, who he is. That's why I said the grace of God, first of all, Christ is the grace of God. But that's not the only word. So that's why we're going to go. Did I give you anything else? See, so y'all, y'all, y'all do that to me. I don't know what you're saying. Matthew 26, 64. That's all I need somebody to just be clear to say. Matthew 26, 64. All right, there we go. All right. Remember, I'm teaching the whole world here. All right, in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 26 and verse 64. Now, Christ at this time was in court. And he's going to tell the Pharisees and the Sadducees about his coming. See, I don't argue with people about his second coming because I can show you in the Bible that he came probably ten times. So people are arguing about his second coming. The Bible does not say anything about his second coming. So that's why even, you never hear me argue about that. He appealed to Mary Magdalene at the tomb. I'm going to show you that in a moment. Peter's lovely disciples. Peter 50 one time. Which one was the second coming? Not... See, all that, see, that's just religion. And that's what I want to get out of us. Get away from the religion. All that stuff we've been hearing just religion. And when they get through, they still don't know. See, I'm a, I'm a pastor and I've been in ministry 37 years. Now, you gotta understand something. Jesus was supposed to come. In nineteen forty eight How many how many know what happened in nineteen forty eight? They said they says they said first of all Israel now has become a nation. Now Israel been a nation. Israel has twelve nations, right? What's so why I don't get into that. That's, that's a man thing. That's that's politics and stuff. Israel became a nation. I'm all right with it. But if you read your Bible in, 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 in the Old Covenant, there are 12 nations. So which one did it become? But anyway. The second thing you had was 2000. No, 1988. It was 88 reasons. Why he should come in eight eight. See, this is not the first time I've heard this. first. Then two thousand twelve. So when you had two thousand, it was it had to be because the year ran out. So at the end of the nineteen ninety-nine we was we was moving to this church. And that's what they said, 2,000. When that clock hit 2,000, bam, the Lord is coming. So everybody waiting. And then they said this now, all the money in all these wealthy billionaires' account is going to be in everybody's account. So we got that morning. I still had the same amount of money in my (laughs) check. But my point is this. You hear people keep saying he's coming and give days he's coming and then 2000 Y2K, nobody nobody seen either yet. Then people came out, it's going to be 2012. 2012 is gone. Where are those people is my point. People have bought books. I'm trying to tell you save your money. That happened 2,000 years ago. See, I don't worry about what folks say. I got the book. And I go by the book. All right? So I'm telling you because you're going to hear it again soon. I'm telling you. Won't be long you'll hear it again. And that's the thing about it. You got religious folk Go to those churches who tell them that. And after it goes, they go, oops, we missed it. And they go right back in the next time to the church. Okay, here it is, Christ is in court, Jesus is in court. Matthew chapter 26. Now, let's back up and get a little bit of this. Go to verse 59, back up to verse 59, let's read a little bit of this. Now, the chief priests and the elders and the council and all the council sought false witnesses against Jesus to put him to death. Now, remember what they just said, they sought false witnesses. They didn't, have no, they didn't have none. So they found somebody who would lie. Sound like the day? It says in verse 60. But they found none. Ye, many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At, and at last came two false witnesses. They looked for all kind of them. They couldn't find none. So here come two men. I'll lie for you. In verse 61, he said, this fellow says, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. I heard him say it. Now, he, was, he had to be when Jesus started his ministry. Because that's what Jesus says when he went into the wedding. The first, minute, first one he did, then he went to the temple to clean the temple, remember? So you'll see what he says. This, this man said, he gonna, if you destroy this temple, in three days I'll build it up. Now, Jesus did say that, didn't he? And the high priest arose and said to him, Answer thy nothing. What is this that you, these witness against you? But Jesus held his peace. And the high priest answered and said to him, I adjure you. Watch what he says. I adjure you by the living God. Now, you talk to the living God. That you tell us whether you be the Christ or son of God. Tell us. Now, remember the other person that said that was Satan himself if you know your Bible when Jesus was tempted in Matthew chapter 4 that's what the devil said to him if thou be the Christ turn these stones into bread if you be the Christ jump off the temple see that was the temp- was that's what they asked him and God will give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. That's what the word says. So jump off the temple. But watch what Jesus said to him. And verse 64 Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter shall you see. Otherwise, he's talking about after my death, being the resurrection. Shall you see? He didn't say, Crump gonna see. He told them what they would see 2,000 years ago. Shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven? You're going to see that. Did they see that? Yeah. Are we looking for that again? Yeah. But not in this church, right? Because we already know he's already fulfilled this. See, that's what you got to understand. And then when, watch this. Stephen saw him. Let me me take time and do this. Let's go to the book of Acts. And watch watch what Stephen is going to say to him. See, if you read that verse, he says, I see Jesus. standing on the right hand of power. Watch, Watch this. When they stoned Stephen, the last thing happened. Watch what Stephen was going to say to them. Chapter number seven. And verse 56. Matter of fact, back at the 54. Let's get the beginning of that. Now you need a mark in your Bible now, so if I ever asked you, you'll be I got that, Pastor. When Stephen was stoned, watch what he going to say. When they heard these seeing they were cast to the heart. They gassed upon him with their teeth. But he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked upstairs to heaven, and he saw the glory of God. And Jesus, he saw Jesus, standing on the right hand of God. What did Jesus tell him going to happen? Let me go back and read Let me read it again. I know that, I know that was kind of quick on you. Matthew chapter 26, 6 to 4. I say to you, shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, coming in the clouds of heaven. Stephen said, I see him standing. Now, now what does that imply us? If he's standing, he must be coming. Because all the other time he was sitting. So you have to to be able to let the Lord show you what's going on. See, when 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 Jesus saw them stoning Stephen, could have been exactly the same time they were putting John on the island of Patmos. Because John saw him while he was on the island of Patmos. And he saw him walking in the midst of the seven churches. So he was here in Israel Oh, I'm sorry, on the island of Patmos with John, he saw him. But he also saw him walking in the midst of the seven churches that was in Asia. That's what you got to understand. So if you ever Google the seven churches of Asia Minor, you'll see that they all have been destroyed. But all of the marble and the brick and the stone is already there from that previous time they still paying people, paying to go to see the church at Sardis. The church, of lay of the seal. I told my wife, Are we going to go visit. She said, no, we ain't. <laughs> ain't nothing other but dead, everything dead. All right. Anywhere else I tell you we're going to go before. All right. Now, go to Luke 240. The gospel of Luke chapter 2 and verse 4. Let's go to work. Now, when Jesus came in his ministry, we know that the Holy Ghost is upon him. The Gospel of chapter 2, or Luke chapter 2, and we want to start reading with verse 40. Matter of fact, we're going to read 39 and 40 together when you get there. Luke chapter 2, verse 39. The Gospel of St. Luke chapter 2, verse 39. And when they had performed all things according to the law, talking about with Jesus, the circumcision and all that stuff. They returned to Galilee to their own city of Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, if the grace of God was upon him, I'm going to show you four or five different words that the grace of God is. So you got to understand, if the grace of God is on your life, you got to know what I'm talking about. Are you all listening to me? Because you got to understand if you don't want to say something that you don't have scripture for. So if I say to you that the grace of God is on your life. See, I don't want it to be like the little girl told her mother. She said, man, we had church up in there today. And she said, what, what, do you, what do you mean? Sister, mother so-and-so had the Holy Ghost. But see, what she was talking about was Mother got up, ran through the church. Mother got up and shouted. Mother got up and danced through the church. That's the Holy Ghost to people. You can run, jump, shout, all that's good. That don't mean you got the Holy Ghost. Do everybody understand what I mean? So you can't take a physical action from a person and call that the spirit. Should we do that? It's okay to do that here, yes. But you don't want to do it if it's not the Spirit. But that's what she said. Oh, she had the Holy Ghost in there this morning. I mean, if you're saved, all of us have the Holy Ghost if you're saved. But people think it's the Holy Ghost because you do something. There are churches who don't think you have had church if you have not shouted. We ain't had no church this morning. I mean, the pastor preached a good word this morning, but we ain't had no church. See, people think if you, don't, if you don't do all of the other stuff, then you didn't have church. But God didn't bring us together to have church. He brought us together because we are the church. Ain't that right? All right. See, this is, this is what coming is, gather, the church, when the church had gathered together, that's why I I'll look at Luke. Look at the Gospel of St. Luke. I'm sorry, not Luke. Acts 20. 14, 14, the Gospel of St. Luke. Chapter 14, verse 27. is all the way on the screen. Acts 14, 27. Did I say that? I said Luke, I'm sorry. Luke wrote Acts. Okay. Acts 14, 27. See, that's the verse here that everybody everybody here should know. And when they will come and had gathered the church together. See, that's what, they, that's what Acts 14, 27. They gathered the church together. You're already the church. You're not coming to have church. You gather, see, the church supposed to get... If you're the church, why don't you come gather together? They come and they gather the church together. They rehearsed all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. So that's the whole purpose of this ministry is opening doors. Because that's what the gospel would do. Somebody say amen. amen. All right. Now, Christ is the grace of God. All right. Let's show you another. One. Galatians 1.16. Matter of fact, let's do 15 and 16 together. I'm not going to give you a lot. I'm going to give you so much in these sermons because I want you to hear them all. Galatians 1, 15 and 16. Christ is the grace of God. So when you say, uh, Galatians chapter number 1 and verse 15. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, called me by his grace, to reveal his son in me. Say that with me. To reveal, to reveal. his son in me. His son. his son is Christ. So you have to understand, but God revealed his son in Paul. Now remember, God had already revealed him to Paul. That's why when you read Acts chapter 9, he saw him, he was brighter than the new day sun. Well, But now we find out where he saw him at. Think with me now. See, when we read the Bible, we can be deceived by television. Because the first thing we think is he was in the sky. It never said he was in the sky. See, if you go back, that's why only Paul saw him. The other men heard a voice. They saw no man. Could it have been that Paul had the revelation at that time who he was? And when Paul saw him, the Bible said he asked him, Who art thou, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. Here, Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, verse number 16, he called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I may preach him among the Gentiles. Then he says, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, So when God revealed himself to the apostle Paul, it was no different than God revealed himself to John. John saw who he was. Paul saw who he is. John saw who he is. He revealed himself to them. That is my prayer to everyone in this ministry. All right. Can I get at least one amen? All right, now, I'm going to give you some more. Let's go, let's go show you some appears. Let's go to the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 16. I want to look at verse 9, 12, 14. In the Gospel of St. Mark, I'm headed somewhere. going to take you somewhere. Mark, chapter 16. Now, this is after Christ rose from the dead. That's why it says... People are saying his, his second coming. But there's no word about the second coming. But everybody have their own opinion of the Bible. The Gospel of Matthew chapter, Mark, I'm sorry. Chapter 16. Now this is, go back to verse 6. Let's, let's, let's bring it up. Let's go back to verse 6. Now, Jesus had risen from the dead at this time. Now he's going to appear to people that were waiting for him. In verse 6 it says, And he said to them, Be not afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Now this, behold the place where the Lord laid. Let me show you where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter, that he goeth before you. Jesus told me to tell you something. He said, look, he's going before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. He's going to appear to you when you get there. As he said unto you. And they went quickly and fled to the sepulcher. For they trembled and was amazed. Neither said they to any man, because they were afraid. Now, when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, watch this, he appeared to Mary Magdalene. That's amazing, isn't it? Remember he had cast out devils out of her? Out of whom he had cast seven devils. Now, the word seven means perfect, complete. She she went and told them that had been with him, and as they mourned and wept, and they when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her believe not now I believe this is why the spirit of God put that in there because he didn't appear first to Peter, James and John it should have been there I'm your boy I've been with you for three and a half years. No, he appeared to Mary Magdalene who everybody looked at was a whore. And he's already told them that the harlots (laughs) will go into the kingdom of God before you. So the first somebody he appeared to was Mary Magdalene. He's amazing, isn't he? And he have her to go and talk to his boys, and they don't even believe that. No, I I, I believe that's what it was. I, look, there's nowhere in the world we've been with Jesus for three and a half years, and he gonna rise from the dead and come to see you first. <laughs> come on, now you think think what I'm saying because that's how it is when somebody come to town, and they came to see you yo. Can't call him. I used to call him. Yo, can't call him. Yo, now I've been knowing him all my life. He came to see you already. Didn't come to see me. That don't make sense. But that's what Jesus did. Blew their minds. It was just like it was at the woman the well. See, he appeared. He let her know who he was. Told her about living water. She went and talked to all the people and brought them to Jesus. See how easy that was? Once, she, once he told her who he was, she dropped everything. The Bible says she left her water. She left everything right there at the well. Look, come see a man that told me all that I am. Is not this the Christ? Christ? that's what happened. That's the kind of person that God would do. It had nothing to do with your background. God wants to reveal himself to you. That's why I keep telling you, the people who God going to reveal himself to you are going to surprise you. Because there's some folks waiting waiting to believe the invisible. They're waiting to believe the impossible. Some folks think they're already there. They don't know a revelation when they get one. Okay, let me move on. And verse number 12. Now, after that, he he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they him. Now here the two men that was on the road to Emmaus. He appeared to them, walked them all the way home talk to them for a whole chapter. They go tell the 11 disciples, nah. <laughs> the Lord's not going, to listen, I already had woman, one woman come in here and told me she already seen the Lord who used to be a whore. How he going to see her before he see us? Now you guys not even hit the disciples. you going to tell me you saw the Lord already? the Lord's not going to rise from the dead and don't come see his boy. Do you see what he's talking about? See, in a church, you, you, God no respect a persons. He already taught this. He says he's going to give the last the same as he gave the first. Everybody just get a penny. And they got mad. They said, man, we've been laboring in the heat of the day. You gave them the same thing you gave us. That's how the Lord operates. God will use you, and you just got saved. That's why people could understand Paul. All these guys was big-time guys. God used a Pharisee, a Sadducee, a Pharisee who, believed, who would believe. That's the key ingredient. Somebody who will believe God. Thank you, Lord. He's not worried about all the other stuff. And the last, watch who he's going to appear to. And afterwards, I like that, afterwards, he appeared to the lover. And they sat at meat and upbraided with their unbelief. See, he came in there and they were still unbelieving. I already sent you a woman named Mary Magdalene. Didn't believe her. I already sent you two disciples who walked me all the way home and came back here to tell you you still wouldn't believe. Unbelief and hardness of heart, he says. They believed not them which had seen him after he risen. They had not believed the people who had seen me. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He there believing. See, the key, the whole thing is believing. They didn't even believe. That's the point. That's why God couldn't come to them first. What if he went to them first? The gospel would have stopped at them. Now, the next, the next part of this I'm going to get to is the hand of the Lord, if you keep in notes. You're going to put these down because the next teaching I'm going to give them to you. I'm going to give you the hand of the Lord. I'm going to give you the finger of the Lord. I'm going to give you the spirit of the Lord. All of these is the grace of the Lord. When you say the grace of God is on you, It means that the hand of the Lord is on your life. It means the finger of God is on your life. It means the spirit of God is on your life. See, all those are, are the grace of God. I'm going I'm to take you through as many as I can in the next service. Uh, let, let me show you something that God showed me in, in, the book, in the Psalms. This is something that he showed me. Psalms 145. You probably have heard this before, but you might not understand it. The day you understand it. Psalms 145. I've heard people use this verse, but thank God he allowed me. In verse 16. Psalms 116. 116. 45 and verse 16. When you hear it, you're going to be like, oh, I heard that before. It said thou openest thine hand and satisfies every living thing. That's the key word. Thou openest thy hand and satisfies the desire of every living thing. Now, If you don't know he's talking about the Holy Spirit or he's talking about the grace of God, he's talking about the hand of the Lord, he's talking about the finger of God, all those the same thing. God gave you his spirit. What does he want to do? Once he gave you his spirit, Romans 8, 32 says, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give you all things once god gave you the holy spirit he has now freely given you all things somebody clap their hands Amen. see it's the same thing as jesus told him in matthew six thirty three: seek first the kingdom of god that's who christ is another one and in his righteousness that all these other things shall be added unto you so you have to be able to understand if these other things that have not been added to you, you need to sit down, take a time out with the Lord, time out, and say, Do I have the Holy Spirit? So, of course, why do I have to beg God when God lives in the house? He satisfied the desire of every living thing. One more verse before we go today, and that's 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. See, this is not a game. You probably hear me say it over and over. This is not about just going sit up in church for an hour and go home. And, and go home and say, I've been to church. I was at church last time. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. You have to know why. What did Jesus do? There was a tremendous exchange took place at the cross. Everything, that's my scripture, sister, sister. Yancy. Everything, you got it now, don't you? Philemon, you'll never forget it again. In Philemon, it was the same thing, you got to understand, everything that it is is who you are now. Let me say it again. Everything that he is, everything that he is is who you are now. Because now you are the body of Christ. All the thing that God kept in the Old Testament temple, even the gold, and the simple, all that he kept, is all in you. Fulfilled. The gold meant deity. That's who God is. See, that's why when you had the four kings is what I thought I'm going to teach you today. Nebuchadnezzar was the first king. He was the king of gold, the head of gold. And that's why, because he's supposed to be God. He's supposed to be God. Nebuchadnezzar. And then you had one king of silver and one of brass, and the other had clay and iron mixed. But that was a stone coming down the hill. Just just like people people sitting down partying in Sodom and don't realize that something is over their head about to fall, like brimstone. Right? They didn't know. They didn't really know. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine, last verse. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at somebody that do you know? Because that's my intention. Do you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, here it is, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, look at somebody and say, he's talking about me now. Jesus. He is the fulfillment of Solomon. See, that who Solomon was, the most richest king on the face of the earth. Gold was as plentiful to him as dust. David had laid up in store everything he, had in, he needed. Solomon was a type of Christ in all of his glory. That's why he talked about that. Solomon, all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. <laughs> 2nd Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. You know the grace of God, he says. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor? That through his poverty you might be rich. Why are you not rich? And you're supposed to become rich in what? Faith, love. See these things. Grace, you so become rich in it. You ought to have so much faith, you can do whatever you need to do in your life. You got enough faith to help somebody else. You got enough love to share with somebody else. You got enough grace to help somebody else. That's why you want to be rich at Christ is God's riches. Now, I got this from Sister Vivian Cantrell. God riches at Christ's expenses. She walked up to me one day and said, I don't know if you remember that or not. See, I don't forget nothing. People tell me things I don't forget. See, God has made you rich if you understand what you got. Christ become Poor. How poor did he become, pastor? i assure show you at the next service. I'm going to take it to Matthew chapter 8, verse 20. When people walks up to him as his disciple, he said, Lord, I follow you wherever you go. He said, listen, listen, listen. You don't want to follow me. Foxes has holes, Birds of the air has nests. But the son of man, he don't have no house. He has nowhere to lay his head. He don't even have a house yet. before the cross my time is up hey he don't have a house before the cross oh but he the bible said upon this rock i'm gonna build my house and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it he has a house now know ye not that your body is the temple of the holy ghost and god lives in you so every time you get born of the spirit God has another house to live in. The man who came to this earth invested in humanity, in his own creation, didn't even have a house to live in. Well, look at him now. He has houses all over the world. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 1, 2, 3 says, Christ died for your sins. Not that Christ just died. Not just he died for me. Oh yeah, that's found good. But he died for your sins. And then he was buried. And God raised him from the dead. Does he live in you today? Be his house today. Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, nest. But the son of man has no wood to lay his head. That was Old Testament. Because now... He's resting right here. And I hope that he can rest in your soul. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours, and the door of faith is opened unto you.